This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast where we support your right to do anything you want with your vagina, including killing a fucking baby. All the babies, any of the babies. Do what you want with your vagina and don't let the government tell you otherwise. Fuck the government. Fuck anything they say to do with your vagina and do what you want with your vagina, including fucking. Did we mention that we love your vagina and we want you to do what you want with it? I'm your co-host, Yvette Dontremont. Here's my (laughs) lovely co-host, Alice Vaughn. Alice, how are you doing today, darling? You know, this is exactly why I'm starting my new charity called Coat Hangers for Kids. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about Coat Hangers for Kids. (laughs) Look, in my opinion, we're putting coat hangers back where they belong in the fucking closet. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so are you saying we're only killing gay fetuses? Oh, my God. Oh, we're going to hell for that. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? That I'm just saying Republicans would be thrilled with that. They'd be like, wait, you have a way to do that? They found the gene? <laughs> they would be so happy. Next, they're looking for the trans gene. <laughs> well, first, they'd have to admit the trans people exist. Oh, that's problematic for them. Yeah. So they'd be like, no, is there a trans gene or is there is there a way we can just make this not a thing? Because this confuses us. <laughs> That'll be a conversation. But go out and do what you want with your vagina, sis. We support you. We really do. Unless apparently you need a tax break because in some of these bills, it also includes you can uh, claim one of these fetuses as a dependent. Wait, so I have questions. So what if you get pregnant? How many months do you need to be pregnant of the year to claim it as a dependent? It didn't state. I read and I was looking for like, is it like the starting point? Four weeks, six weeks, one week? Where is it? So what if you get pregnant last month of the year and have a miscarriage and you just kind of have an annual miscarriage last month of the year? You get yourself a dependent and a tax write off. I'm not saying to do this. This is a horrible idea. Don't do that. That's how bad for your... Everything. No, I'm saying to do it. Look, if you're in a state, <laughs> oh if you're God. in a state that has passed this shitty law and they allow you to write off a fetus as a dependent, do it. Fucking do it. You can blame this on me. I'm not in your state. I'm not an accountant, nor am a lawyer. You should not be yeah. taking my advice. Don't but take if our you advice. Do. But if you do, this is our advice. Can you fake a fetus? Do you need to have a positive pregnancy test? And do you need to back this up with medical records? Or can you just say there was a fetus? Exactly. What if you just never went to a doctor to confirm? Like you could take a picture with it, you know, Photoshop it. Here's the next question, because they cannot. Some of these states are, are, I think, the states that I know a few of them have kind of opted out of the ACA. If these are states where you don't have uh, health insurance or mandatory health insurance, you cannot force someone to go get these tests to make to prove that they're pregnant, especially if we don't have, you know, government provided health care. So they can just be like, yeah, had a fetus end of the year, miscarried. Thanks for my dependent right off. We are in the weirdest timeline where we're discussing this. I mean, you go into TurboTax, you probably just have to check a box. You're fine. <laughs> You're not going to do any due diligence. Oh, my God. Did you have a fetus? Yes. And then ding, 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 the little number changes. If you are a tax lawyer and you think that this will send us to jail, please email us info at twogirlswoodmike.com. We just want to know which is more likely to send us to jail, this tax scheme or having a period in the state of Georgia. (laughs) 
Because I think if you have a period, you are already suspected of murder, of potential murder. It's one of the few things they still allow you to do with your vagina, aside from pray to it and read the Bible. You guys can't see this, but right off camera, there is a Bible in front of my vagina and they're reading to each other. It's very sweet. It's very tender. They're reading the parts about how exactly you should rape when you can and how to rape angels. Oh, yeah. The Bible's full, full of goodness. I thought uh, it was on the verse where his schlong is equivalent to that of a horse. I mean, why would it be on anything else? That's why I have questions. I think that we should have for like the Starbucks cups, the verses each year. I think they should go for some really fucking obscure ones, like the ones that talk about uh, murdering children. Oh, yeah. When and when not to poison your wife. And the size of the instruments with which you can beat your wife. Oh. So anyways, we have a very special guest with us today. I'm I'm very excited about this. Today, we have a guy who draws cats. More specifically, he will draw you as a cat. And he did a very adorable, famous dance on Shark Tank to sell his services of drawing you as a cat. Please welcome cat drawing guy, Steve Gadlin. Hello. I say welcome as those are a studio audience. I hear the cheers I everywhere. I hear them. In, <laughs> in my <laughs> the labias go wild. <laughs> They're all wet for you. Rawr. Thanks for having me, guys. This is exactly what I thought it would be, and I'm delighted. Yay. Aww. We didn't disappoint. We're predictable. Wait. Yay. <laughs> We're predictably unpredictable. Mm, I'll go with it. I'll take it. Steve, I remember seeing you years ago, and I thought it was like the funniest shit ever. Oh, yeah. And then... My favorite is, so following up to I Will Draw a Cat for You, where Mark Cuban invested in your little business, which it's still incredible to think about. Yeah, that's crazy. But you had a business, and we have to talk about this, where you sold raccoon penises. Yeah. um, Well, it was a a big flop of a business, but But you did it, and that's what counts. You followed your dreams. (laughs) That's true. I was trying to rebrand myself from the cat drawing guy to the raccoon penis bone guy because I thought it was a a smart Step marketing up. move, you know, but uh, no, it didn't work so well. There is a market in selling kangaroo balls. And I know this because no I'm the sucker who bought kangaroo balls. Okay. Well, I bought a thousand raccoon penis bones and I started a Kickstarter and I made a little song saying I'm the guy that sold a thousand raccoon penis bones. And I just issued this challenge to myself that I would, because it was Kickstarter, I'd either sell a thousand of them or I would be stuck with a thousand of them. Uh, and we started to get some good press, and it was ramping up, and then Kickstarter pulled the rug out from under me. Why? Uh, yeah, with no explanation, no ability to contact all the people who had pledged. So I oh am the guy with a thousand raccoon penis bones who's effectively sold zero. If you yeah. listener at home have an idea for what we can do with a thousand raccoon penises, <laughs> email us, info at twogirlsonemike.com, because I think we could do something with this. I feel yeah. like we can have a drawing or something. We can make art with these. We can make funny things to send to our, like, I feel like we could do things with this. But to have a thousand has kind of been a badge of honor, so... <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to part with any of them yet. But you know what? Of course, for art. A thousand raccoons lost their penises for this. I'm just saying. Well, I don't know why they lost their penises, but I did ultimately benefit from it. They could have been really mean raccoons who deserved to lose their penises. These were raccoon rapists or raccoon (gasps) abortion doctors. I don't know. No, no, no. If they were raccoon abortion doctors, that's that's fine. They could have been those dicks that stand outside of raccoon abortion clinics harassing raccoon ladies who Ah. who they're, they're just there for their birth control. Leave them alone. Yeah. I'm just saying. So I have so many questions. I mean, so first (laughs) off, how does one go about getting a supplier? And how can you confirm the authenticity? That's a great question. So um, 
with all cool things, you start with Google. And what I found was a taxidermy company that was selling them. Now, the crazy thing oh. is the company I found was selling them for about 37 cents a piece. And all the other companies I found were selling them for like six bucks a piece. What? So I asked these guys, I said, why are yours cheap? You know, I, I wanted to protect myself against counterfeit raccoon penises or... <laughs> As one does. Yeah, or diseased raccoon penises. The Chinese are competing with us in everything. That's right. These could have been marmoset as far as you know. Marmoset. They might be. Settle for no substitution. <laughs> the expensive ones, these companies use this enzyme to really like clean the hell out of these things. And I guess... The ones I have were probably like spit shined and thrown in the box. I don't know. The thought of like some intern who just, you know, finished their biology degree sitting there going, this is what I studied the Krebs cycle for. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I did talk to the lady on the phone when I was talking to her about it. She said, yeah, I'm the one who had to count them. So there was a person who had to count out 1,000 of these and bag them. And I guess most orders are for fewer uh, so she was <laughs> she was pretty disappointed that she had to do oh, that. Man. She was afraid of you calling back and saying, hey, I only have 997 here. <laughs> As we if I issue. was going to also count them. Yes. Oh, you know, it's God. it's a box full of little white things. I, I don't go into it too often. So I just trust that it's a box full of a thousand. Part of me just wants to know, like, at what point do you Marie Kondo down to, like, you know, just the ones that bring you joy? Like, maybe there are three particular raccoon penises that you're like, this one fills me with laughter and life. And these into the pit of despair. Like, there might be a day when that comes. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I have so many questions. I mean, first off... Is there an average size for a raccoon penis? You have the penis bones. You can put them next to each other and check. What is the statistical average of a raccoon penis? You have a statistically significant sample size. I do. I do. It's a nice round number, too, so I could make a really cool bar chart. I'd say... The average size in my limited observation, this is uh, not a scientific test, but about three inches. Really? This is the bone. Well, yeah, they're big because I bought plastic tubes. The The goal of the thing was for me to make it more than just a raccoon penis bone. I was going to put them in a plastic tube, which is exciting. I bought a bunch of plastic tubes and they don't fit in the damn plastic tube. So I also have a thousand plastic tubes if anybody <laughs> That do <laughs> needs not them. fit raccoon penises. Yeah. So they were all too big for that. And I think those were a little over two and a half inches long or something. So yeah. Mm. Was it a length or girth problem? It was a girth problem actually because they really? are curved. They're kind of S-shaped. Yeah. So I couldn't uh-huh. get the top hook to get over the lip and into the tube without breaking it. And uh, nobody wants to buy a broken raccoon penis bone. You would have had way more of a problem if you had done duck penises. I'm just saying. Oh, true. Yeah, I believe it. Are you familiar with with the nightmare that is the duck penis? Isn't it barbed so that you can't? Or is that a cat penis? I think the cat penis is the barbed one, but the duck okay. penis—it's like a maze, and it met like the female duck vagina oh, is like a—it's it's like spiraled. this windy, yeah. weird. I'm like, how evolution is a strange thing. Yeah. Now here's an idea: Have you considered cornering the market of raccoon penises and just shilling it to like Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh man, she would eat it up. I just—I'd have to make up some crazy ass claim. You stick it up your nose, and you're. It's like the female Viagra and the Oh yeah. Dude, she sold stickers. You can do this. We believe in you. She sold quote NASA stickers that had like material and NASA had to say they had to make a statement <laughs> saying, No, this is bullshit, fuck off. Like I think it's a good question because 
I think I did corner the market, and I think that's why I got shut down. I think Big Raccoon Penis Bone was like, <laughs> who's this little player? Called their friends at Kickstarter, and they pulled the plug. So I've tried, and as a dark side to this industry, I don't want to rattle cages. You know, I just want to wow. <laughs> sell my thousand. I love that there's a dark side to the raccoon penis industry. These, you know, it's oh, yeah. probably the underside of the penis. Yes, that tends it is. to be where things get dark. <laughs> at least in my case, you know, the balls do tend to sag. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of things that are dark, we reviewed a porn. <laughs> yes, and we, we reviewed. Oh, Pee Wee's Triple X Adventure. Ah, it was so much fun. Now, for the record, I asked whenever we have a guest on, we asked, do you have a favorite movie? Do you have a thing you'd like to review? And, you know, Steve threw out a few different suggestions. And then he was like, wait, is there a is there a Pee Wee's Playhouse parody? And I was like, oh, you better fucking believe there is. <laughs> and I said oh that before gosh. I even looked because it's just it's the porn universe. Of course it existed. And I looked it up. And it has all of our favorites in it. It has Tommy Pistol as Pee-wee. It has Evan Stone as every other person in the fucking cast. Like, it had Tom Byron, Ron Jeremy, Lucas Stone, like it, Capri Anderson, everyone. Aiden Starr, everyone. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the scenes with Tommy and Evan, like, I, oh, these deserve an Oscar for porn. Just most was... underrated, like, uh, okay, Tommy and Evan together. So I know, Steve, this was probably like your first time seeing like a full length porn film, but like, oh, those... of course. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Like the first time ever at 43, uh, you know, I've been very slow to the. <laughs> <laughs> to the genre. We're so used to guys coming on and saying, look, I'm just used to watching three minutes with my dick in my hand. I didn't yeah. know what to do for two hours. So like, No, to be honest, when you guys emailed me and you said, you know, you can skip the sex scenes. This is really about the the acting parts. And and I don't, I'm not saying this to be uh, self-righteous or, or, or lying to you about it, but that's my favorite part to watch. I mean, I grew what? up loving cable access, oh, yeah. um, all these like just shitty acting, <laughs> like people just mustering their way through these awful scripts. So the the acting scenes, if that doesn't exist, I'm not interested in it. There's got to be some buildup nice. to the sex scene. That's and so yeah, I, I loved watching this one because of that and, and getting to really focus on those parts of the film. That was cool. I dug it. Now, I think before we go into the porn, so everybody who's listening, okay, maybe not everybody, a number of you who are listening are familiar with what happened with Pee-wee, aka Paul Rubin, back in the 90s. So for those of you who are unaware, back, way back when in the early, yeah. Once upon a time, you didn't have instantly accessible pornography on your computer at home, and you had to go to a sketchy place called a porno theater or adult, and you had to go somewhere to jerk off, which is weird. And Paul Rubens did that. And because he's a celebrity, he lost his career. Yeah. So, and even though there was a public outcry, they had literal rallies for him. Uh, like CBS pulled the last five remaining reruns of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like his action figures were, were pulled off store shelves. He had a couple big budget projects that were pulled from him, unfortunately. And that really sucks because at the end of the day, I mean, who hasn't masturbated? I mean, and he just did it in a dark theater because there was no internet. I'm just saying the internet could have saved Paul Rubin's career. Oh, yeah. If that had happened today, I think that would have been, you know, compared to the things people are getting shut down for, there would have been very little outrage. He would have, you know, I guess toward the end, he was able to use it to bring more popularity to his name and his brand. And he bounced back pretty good. So, But I mean, for a while, his name was mud. You couldn't see anything from him. Like his his main thing was just evaporated. Yeah. I remember he started doing like 
He did guest spots on Murphy Brown, and that was a big mm. deal. That oh, he's back on television. He's on prime time. Maybe it was to piss off Dan Quayle, you know. But he was <laughs> he went on as Murphy Brown's secretary for a few episodes, Aww. and anything that makes Dan Quayle angry, mm, yeah, fills my heart with glee. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't grow up on Pee Wee's Playhouse. All right. So this was a, my first interaction to watching. I had to actually first watch a real Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. And then I watched the porn, obviously. And that's the movie was really uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure parody. And that's it's my favorite movie. It's Tim Burton's first film. It's Danny yeah. Elfman's first soundtrack. And it's brilliant. I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. It was interesting to see this, especially in the early parts of the movie, how close to the script they kept. And the metaphor, you know, swapping out the bike for a sex doll worked Really well. <laughs> it was a, almost an invisible switch. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what happens with a lot of these is there's a MacGuffin in the movie that they have one of these parodies for, and they swap it out with something you can fuck. Or, yeah. you, you know, and like that was like with uh, the Big Lebowski, the MacGuffin originally is the rug. They switch it out with those porno DVDs really brought the room together. And the entire oh, no. movie, it's about getting revenge for someone jerking off onto the porno DVDs. Yeah. By the way, that was such a great episode. If you haven't listened to that one, just go back and listen. Yeah. Still one of our favorites. I think that was the other movie I requested. Yeah. Too. And it was like, <laughs> you guys had already done it. Yeah. We were like, yeah, you should probably watch it. But we already did it. <laughs> one thing I found that I kind of regret not mentioning just in going through all the other parodies after watching this one was there's a Golden Girls parody. I don't know if you guys oh, have yeah. done an episode on oh, that. No, not yet. Oh, highly that's, recommended. That's on the list now. I feel like we have to get like two other women on to do that one with us. Oh, we'll figure it out. That has to be like a girls episode. If you are a member of the Golden Girls <laughs> or are the expert on the Golden Girls, email us at info at twogirlsonmike.com. Get that guy. If you are Betty White and you're you're still and you're in a bubble and you've had your flu shot and you can survive this, please come on our little stupid podcast. You need to find Mike Dennison. He's a, a Twitter guy. He draws a new picture of B. Arthur every day as a different what? character, like oh a, a B. Arthur mashup. Oh He's the God. Golden Girls guy. And That's I bet amazing. he would do this. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love the internet. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing man has created that he can't control and doesn't understand. <laughs> okay. So this was a 2012 film. And this actually had a couple of nominations at the AVN. So best parody, best supporting actress for Capri Anderson, which I think she totally deserved. And Tommy Pistol, uh, best, I think, actor nominee. They didn't win for any of those three categories, but holy shit, how, I'm just, I kind of so want to see who like they lost to. Who beat this? Like this was it was just his voice as Pee Wee alone. Like this was, and I mean, we've loved everything he's been in. Like we really dug him as Horat, uh, and this was up there with Horat. Like in terms of the yeah. the acting quality. Fun fact: according to Google users, sixty nine percent of them like this movie. I can't make that up. <laughs> oh. Well done, interwebs. Well done. <laughs> now, it's funny because we already have the Horat challenge. Now I want someone to fuck someone with the peewee. Ha ha! Like, I want that to happen and see if somebody can keep their boner going. Like, middle oh, of it, man. just like, hello, pussy. Like, I think that'd be great for the middle of, you know, we should call it the Tommy Pistol Challenge. You should, in the middle of sex, take on the voice of one of the characters that Tommy Pistol has played and see 
if you can or cannot keep your groove going. Oh, that's great. And what are you asking people to do? Send video or just, no, just, uh, just tell the story? Tell the story because I okay. will keep saying there indeed is acting in porn. If you don't think so, try to pull off what Tommy Pistol right. does in the middle of sex and keep the sex going <laughs> or keep oh, the person you're banging from leaving the room. Oh, man. But his, like, just the pure sex drive, I don't even know the word. To, I don't want to call it depravity, right? But just this pure, like, the ethos or the, what are we going to call this? The uh, the id coming out of him in those first 15 minutes was like... Everything is a sex thing. Oh, my gosh. So let's talk about that. Hello, pocket yeah. pussy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's, that's him all the way around. It scared me. It was frightening to watch. I thought, oh, my gosh, like, look at this man completely overtaken by this. He can't even go participate in public because his sex drive is so unwieldy, you know? Look what it's turned him into, this... Creature. Oh, it was amazing, though. But the good thing about the porn universe is that they kind of set it up so that this is an acceptable way to be. Yeah, So sure. they they kind of take whoever the person is they're parodying, and they're like, all right, let's take all of these characteristics and have them be about sex instead of about, like, you know, the bicycle and the toaster and the chair and all the other things that Pee Wee's like, I'm going to talk with these inanimate objects. Instead, it's the pocket pussy. <laughs> Before we dive right into the film, so a little bit of background for those of you who have never, ever, ever seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure. The long story short of it is it is a beautiful, amazing film where Paul Rubens as Pee-wee is going on a cross-country search for his prized bicycle that was stolen. And along the way, engages in a shit ton of shenanigans and is the Pee-wee Herman that we've come to all know and love. In this case, slightly different, his sex doll is stolen. So uh, we begin with the first five, six minutes oh where- my God. Let's talk about that. So he begins with like his morning routine, but pornified. He's lifting. He's doing He's doing himself some curls, but it's with a double-ended dildo. Well played. And it looks like he woke up in a hospital bed. <laughs> yeah. I was... Like he was in some asylum for the sexually criminal. Or... or you know, but then just sort of turned it into his home. Or maybe he has a medical fetish. I know. I know I'm just saying yeah. I know some people who are into some shit. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before, okay, quick tangent. So speaking of medical fetishes, I'm not making this up. I saw this at like eight in the morning on like a Thursday. There was um, there was a medical clamp that was keeping a woman's vagina open and she was upside down and being used as a cereal bowl. Oh my gosh. I, the cereal was I, Fruit Loops. On the train, you saw this? I, <laughs> Like during your commute? Yeah. I mean, I was watching porn on the train. Don't we all do that? Oh, no. I thought you meant you saw this actually happening. <laughs> oh, no. Just on the well, train. Just through Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to, I want to say it was deep, either deep throat or one of the early ones that we saw where someone was drinking Coke out of a vagina. Or no, yeah, it that was. was deep throat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm just saying the two like classics that we reviewed on here, Deep Throat and Debbie Does Dallas, they have not held up. They have been no. weird and horrible and fucked up. Like, it's, it, 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 I'm just, that's all. Look, all I'm saying is I was kind of taken aback when they first poured Fruit Loops. They took it to another level when they started pouring milk. Oh, wow. Does the milk make it better <laughs> or worse? Because I feel like having dry Well, things, I don't do my cereal with milk. I think dry Fruit Loops is awesome. Why ruin it with milk? I'm a milk? fan. My but gosh. here's a question. Exactly. Would dry Fruit Loops in your vagina be worse than dry Fruit Loops with milk? If you have an opinion, yeah. <laughs> oh god, email us at info at twogirlswithmike dot com. Or if you're a gynecologist, we kind of want to hear from you because 
Uh, we're sure you're not supposed to do this. This sounds like a yeast infection, a yeast infection. Or, or BV, like, in the making, or just just don't fucking throw things in your vagina. Like, take the jade egg advice. If it sounds like something that would come out of Gwyneth Paltrow's advice, don't put it in your <laughs> vagina. I don't think she'll tell you to put Fruit Loops in. I wouldn't put it past her. It's the new jade egg. Going back to the porn. So we see, as instead of, you know, peewee lifting weights, we see Tommy lifting a double-ended dildo. We see him going to brush his teeth. Okay, so picture this. How big was this dildo? 16 inches? 12? It was really wide, too. It was girthy. Yeah. It was big enough for two people to get enough dick. More than enough dick. It was bigger than a Coke can. But the point is that, so at the very tip of it, instead of semen, you have... um, as ejaculate, you have toothpaste. Apparently, that's how you hold toothpaste if you're Pee Wee Herman in the porniverse. And you just have to stroke your toothpaste penis holder to get your toothpaste out. Like, that seems like a drastically inefficient way to get toothpaste. And also, does this violate the rule of squeezing from the bottom of the tube? Because he was definitely squeezing from the middle. Oh, true. Yeah, not if it's squirting out. I'm also a squeeze anarchist. It's a whole different mechanism. That rule doesn't apply anymore. Oh, this is true. It's very true. Did you guys catch when, like, at one point he was rubbing the shaft and there was a toothpaste there and then there wasn't in, like, the next part where his hand was? I missed it. You know, that mirrors um, a poorly edited scene in the original film where when Pee Wee is pulling a chain out of his bicycle to lock it up at the magic shop, the camera is zoomed out too much and you see this never-ending chain feeding into the bottom of the bicycle thing. (laughs) As well, so maybe it was on purpose. Maybe it was a real subtle homage to uh, (laughs) to that poor editing. Tommy, Tommy, I believe in you. (laughs) But my favorite was when he was uh, doing his morning routine with his waffle. Oh yeah, waffle Uh, lady uh, friend. Yeah. Let's tell the audience what he did. So he he makes his waffle and he takes the waffle and takes sausage and turns it into the waffle kind of turns into the face and he takes sausage and turns it into dick and balls. And then uh, he takes, I don't remember where they're pancakes. Either way, he puts strawberries and puts them into nipples and then strawberries for eyes. And he starts playing with them a little bit. And he's like, ooh, may I? And he starts playing with the strawberry nipples and he starts speaking for the woman. Hey, Pee Wee, you should cream me with your Oh, whipped cream. But Dolly's right there. She's going to know. No, she won't. And then, of course, he's, and this is the most sexual, non-sexual thing. He starts shaking the whipped cream can like he's jerking himself off and the faces. They were good faces. It was solid acting. The length of time where he was squirting that whipped cream. Oh my God. He's standing there shaking it for a long enough amount of time that it gets uncomfortable. You know, funny uncomfortable, but it's like you're like, this has taken some, they went for it. And eventually just, it's everywhere. Well done. They committed and I appreciate it. (laughs) And then, of course, we see the unveil of uh, Dolly, which, you know, in this series is his the equivalent of a spike where he goes in, he types in it like a little special code. The door opens and we see Dolly on the bed. With that you know, spotlight, just like in the film. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite is, so Aiden Starr as Dolly. So she makes a great doll, nails the voice of the character, by the way. But what I love is also, so prior to having sex, when her boobs are popping out, they make like a bong or like a popping noise. He makes like a, hold on. Yes. You're short. 
tangent on on my why I can make that noise. I had to perform the song Lollipop for a uh, for a pre-show <laughs> for a pre-show of the musical Grease. And of course all of us standing there at the mic had to right uh, at the correct point of the song. It's just pressure on the inside cheek and you now know a random silly thing. And it's, it unfortunately does not involve a dick to make that noise. It would have been so much better. It could. Never give up. <laughs> I have dreams. Please just do that in the middle of a blowjob. <laughs> That'll be my Everest. Just taking the dick and just I'll practice with a dildo. I got to get it right. I got to get the sound effects. Look, you have your husband's 3D exactly. like, copy of a dick. I believe in I you. I cloned that willy for a reason <laughs> so that I could make funny noises with it. <laughs> so... We see Tommy as Pee-wee go up to Dolly. And what I love is he keeps in character during sex. Oh, but before the sex, yeah. one more thing. What I love is where he's like, oh, what do you want to do next? She says, lower. What do you want to do, do next? next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Pee-wee. So Pee-wee. And I mean, here's the thing. His voice, because he keeps in Pee-wee voice whilst fucking. And it's, it's amazing. A little, it's amazing slash my vagina feels funny. Like, because, oh, Dolly, did I ever tell you how beautiful you are? Your breasts are awesome. Like, I'm just saying... Good for her for being able to get wet for that because my vagina is still not sure how it feels. Like, I'm turned on in a way that makes me wonder if I have a fetish I don't know about. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, it was really off-putting for me. Part of it because Pee Wee Herman is this is terrible. He's such a hero of mine <laughs> for about 50 different reasons. And I really appreciated the authentic acting and the great impersonation. But when they got to the sex scenes, I was oh man, now we're, you know, fans of the Golden Girls will be mad when they see Blanche going down on the neighbor dude. Oh no, but, I will not. I'll be, I'll be thrilled. I'll be like, finally, we got to see what happened right. off scene because Blanche. Fair enough, Blanche fair enough. I'm just, I say this with love, Blanche a ho. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it just got really weird for me all of a sudden. and Got real yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Hearing him say, you've got a beautiful VJJ. Like, it's just, it's a <laughs> it's a moment in your life that you can't get back. And you have yeah. to figure out how you feel about it. We're saying we enjoyed it. You got to figure out if it's for you or not. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I went down this deep, dark cave. You know, I learned a lot about me. So it was a it was a great experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. His face after the orgasm was something. It was very, uh, like, that was... Yeah. But very peewee. I mean, again, like it just the the metaphor, it's been there all along. I'm going to rewatch the first film now and just see it in everything he does, that this is all about this unbridled sexual energy. He really does love riding that bicycle. He does. Yes, he does. He's got a cervix problem because of it, but (laughs) it's... uh, Oh, my God. Uh, so, by the way, Patreon subscribers, you're in for a treat. I guess I talk about my sex injury. If you're oh, not whoops. a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> please go to patreon.com slash two girls, one mic, and you will hear about my sex injury. Jesus Christ. And I'm <laughs> not responsible, unfortunately. This is why my parents sent me to college. <laughs> this is why we didn't get into the good schools. No, I got into the good schools. I couldn't afford them. Yeah. Right. After the sex scene, okay, we see is- Evan Stone is every fucking supporting character yeah, in this film. I wondered he was, if he was. Was he like four characters? It was at least three. So he was Francis. He was a motorcycle dude. He was like the actor at the very end. 
The casting director. Yeah, so he was minimum three. Oh, and wait, wait, wait. He was a sex shop owner. Yes. Oh, was that him? Oh, and he was uh, he was March. Because the sex shop owner scene, I don't know if we're there yet. Tell me we're if gonna, I'm no. jumping ahead. But yeah, okay. Evan Stone was just, he was just there. Five characters. And in everything. Yeah. Well done, Evan Stone. We like he it. He did a good job with Francis. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was... Wasn't as good as the Pee Wee impersonation, but it was a solid, you know. The way they acted off each other was great because I don't, I don't think we've seen these two in a porn together yet. And I was, but no. I saw that they were both in it. I was like, <gasps> we might get the best act. Like, and I mean, I know it sounds silly to be excited about acting in a porn. No, but like, I love silly shit that commits hard and is good for what it is. It's kind of like The Hangover is not Citizen Kane, but it's an amazingly good dumb comedy. You know. This is great for what it is. And I think that that should be, you should have fun with that. And yeah, they nailed it. And Evan Stone and uh, Tommy Pistol are two phenomenal actors whenever it comes to yeah. porns because they actually commit and take their shit seriously. And that's what I love. Yeah, like seeing the backstory on, like we watched the behind the scenes or the uh, on Ghostbusters and watching Evan being like, no, you have to start rolling the camera and then put the slime on me so that the audience can see the slime as it's dripping down me. I'm like, this man is a thespian. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment in the like post film. They had some outtakes where they called someone out on overacting and just brought the scene to a halt. And I thought, all right, this <laughs> yeah, they, there's an art here. <laughs> they care about the pro, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. I watch these, and like when the sex is something I want to actually like watch. To it's like, oh, this is up my this is up my alley. That's really secondary for me for everything else because they do such a good job of turning something that's generally funny to start with into something way funnier. Okay, so I really want to get to the sex shop scene, oh, but yeah. before we get to that, so really quickly, if you've never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure, it's a quick back and forth between Francis and Pee Wee, you know, where Francis says to Pee Wee that it's his birthday, he can have anything he want, but he wants Dolly. And I'm guessing in the in the original, did he want the bicycle? Yes, yes. he did. Makes, and yep. he stole it. The back and forth on this is amazing, of course, because it goes to, you know, like schoolyard taunting. You're a pervert. I know you are, but what am I? You're a sicko. You're, I know you are, but what am I? You're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? I know you are. I know you are, but what am I? Times infinity. Like, it's it's just... Oh. Is it bad when I see two men doing that as an adult? <laughs> it kind of turns me on. What's wrong with me? Do I need to talk to my therapist about this? Part of me was like, and then they kiss. I know they're not crossover, but I'm like, I could go for watching that. I want to see a <laughs> snuggle session with these two. Mm. I want to see them like beginning of lesbian porning it where they're just like kind of stroking each other a little bit and like light little kisses. This is how sex happens, right? Tommy, if you are listening to this right in, let us know how much will it cost us? How much of our sponsorship dollars do we have to pay? We just want to see Tommy Pistol and Evan Stone having lesbian porn style sex. It's like the Hawkeye initiative where they would say, all right, if you wouldn't take a picture of, of the superhero Hawkeye from this angle, you probably shouldn't take a picture of a woman superhero from it. I want to see these two fucking the way that women do in, in lesbian porn that is made for mainstream audiences. All right. Just all the licking. All the licking. <laughs> so Pee Wee takes Dolly, his sex doll, over to a sex shop. And you have to understand that... His sex doll comes alive whenever Pee-wee is looking at her. So Dolly comes alive. Dolly is an actual talking person played by Aiden Starr. And she's fantastic because she switches between doll, not doll. And when they're shooting an actual doll, 
really well within all three scenarios. So they pull up to a sex store called Excitement, which couldn't be worse, I guess, for a shop. I don't know. What else would you call a sex store? Let's see. Uh, in L.A., one of my uh, one of the really well-known ones is Romantics with the spelled R-O-M-A-N-T-I-X. But yeah, Excitement, come on. Work a little harder. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I would be a little bit more creative. Oh, there was one when I lived back in Boston that was very uh, female-centric called Grand Opening. Oh, nice. <gasps> Isn't that great? I loved that. Around here, they're all just called Lover's Lane. I think it's a franchise. I don't know if you guys have those by you. I mean, I live nearish enough to the Porno Valley that like people are like, yeah, sex is a thing. It's fine. We can discuss it. We have words for it and we'll use them. Say, I just call my vagina the Holland Tunnel because no one ever wants to go through it. Hey. <laughs> or because there's a backup. Oh. <laughs> We're going back to the sex injury. All accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Would congestion mean that it's tight or that there's too much in there? Well, make room. <laughs> <laughs> we'll knock out a wall. We'll add an Just extra add a lane. lane. Yeah. <laughs> There's room for more traffic. If you are my vagina and have feelings, <laughs> info us an info. <laughs> And actually, studies show that better than adding lanes is just really focusing on enhancing traffic pattern. So, you, oh. you know, there are other things you can do. We're discussing enhancing traffic patterns to vaginas. It's, they, <laughs> this is what you get from this podcast. Support us on Patreon. So, <laughs> so if we want two dicks going in at once. <laughs> I think that needs a separate. There needs to be a pattern. There needs to be like a dividing line. There needs to be like. No. Oh, so Alice, um, so how? Oh God! <laughs> Editor, do not cut any of this. Any this stays. I like when I say dividing line. I mean, like, is there? Are they in and out in tandem? Are they in and out separately? I just inquiring much. You coil them up like a duck penis, and you just treat them as one I'm unit. I'm just saying, if you can fit it, own it. <laughs> I'm just saying, these parts of the body are quite elastic. Enjoy them. Until you hit a wall, and apparently I've built a wall, so Trump, mine's more effective than yours. Yeah, my wall is that I live in California, and this shit is, and my vagina is still mine. All right, so. Back off that subject again. Back to the porn. So what does the lady require? So Pee-wee turns to Dolly, and it's kind of cute. Now, I don't know if this ever happened in any of the Pee-wee playhouses, but it was very high schoolish, where, you know, a quick back and forth of, don't forget lube, and Pee-wee. And maybe a new vibrator. And Pee-wee, I love you. And Pee-wee, and then just keeps going and yeah. keeps going a and few more just, times. It was so. just a very sweet, innocent little scene, like where he's trying to get out of the car to go into the sex shop and just back and forth. Kiss me. Touch me. Yeah, this one I like because it wasn't a mirror of anything from the film. It was just well-written, yeah. like a scene that could have been in the film. So that was pretty cool. It felt like they tapped into the feel yes. of the universe. And like that's that's something that I like with the movies that Tommy is in and has, you know, a hand in in writing and whatnot. They feel like they know the universe. So Tommy goes into the sex shop and So we have to discuss there's <laughs> look, sometimes shit in porn is not PC and we have to discuss it. The sex shop owner was in blackface and it was fucked up. Okay. Let's just let's say it and we're gonna move on. Yeah. It was really fucked up because he wasn't even like suddenly the acting just dropped. Like maybe he was uncomfortable doing it too, and he just wasn't yeah. uh, 
Why was he Jamaican? I don't know. And it was like a really bad Jamaican. So like it was bad enough that it distracted me from the scene. Like, yeah. Oh, it, it threw me off for the whole rest of the film. I was angry at them. Like I was able to get my brain back into it. But this whole scene, I'm like, he's kind of trying to do a sales pitch on, you know, the different things that they have in the sex shop. And I was just distracted by this number one shitty accent. And number two, when someone's makeup, you know, when someone's blackface is so distracting that you're not paying attention to what's happening in the movie. That's just, you made an editorial decision that was bad. Yeah. And this was 2012. Yeah. So it wasn't that far back that it would, you know. This may be a surprise, but there are black people in LA who will act in your movie. Well, they also had a black person in the movie. There's one in the next scene. (laughs) There are two black people in LA that will act in your movie. Getting double dicked by Francis and his dad. (laughs) It was just so... Yeah, and they mashed up two characters from the film. The bike shop owner, who did have a Jamaican accent, who was played by an African-American, and then uh, the magic shop owner, who was not black um but they sort of combined those two into one two very different scenes and and yeah it was it was upsetting and lazy and it was yeah. uncomfortable to watch and i mean like even if the acting had been good in that scene like the blackface was really screwed up but it's like there was blackface and the acting was horrible because fuck if this guy can't do a, this was a bad accent it's the first time i turned the volume down on the film If you want to watch this, just skip this scene. Just don't watch it. Just, yeah. But we're introduced at least to Lizzie in this scene. So Lizzie is kind of a pivotal character in this porn because aside from fucking a couple times in this movie. A++ on that. Yes. uh, So Lizzie... Played by Capri Anderson, who was one of the biggest porn stars in the world at one point. Uh, She had a relationship even apparently with Charlie Sheen. What? Yeah. I hope she got out of that one quickly. Girl, (laughs) we need to get her on the show. Um, We have questions. We have a lot of questions. If you are Capri Anderson listening to this podcast, email us. Info at Two Girls on Mike. You're coming on hot night. We'll respect your privacy, but if you have any questions, you will answer. We have them. But um, Lizzie is really attracted to Pee-wee, and Pee-wee makes it very clear that he has a girlfriend, but she keeps saying that she's just a doll, and Lizzie is, I guess, just a filthy whore, but, you know, in a good way. But what I love is that they do throw in that classic line of, you'll never have me because I would just break your heart and I'll leave you in the dust. I'm a rebel. I'm a loner. And... Just because I rhymes a boner doesn't mean I'll be with you. I love that they threw that classic peewee line into the scene. Well, actually, oh, um, so I have a painting in my office of Peewee Herman, and he's saying that line in the painting. It's put on there in print. And the line is, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. And they flipped it so that they could also rhyme the word boner. Um, <laughs> at the end of it. I didn't expect that they had in a real one saying boner no they didn't but yeah i didn't like how they flipped it because again that's like that's one of those like things i'll probably have tattooed on my body at some point Nice. (laughs) but again i know i have an you know a biased affinity for this film so i you know i think you know if you're gonna have a biased affinity for a film this is a good one to have but the beginning (laughs) of the line uh before he goes into i'm a rebel i'm a loner uh he says to her i can understand why you dig me i'm a hip fascinating guy with a lot of attractive qualities but well you're just a whore you smell like expired lube and crazy larry smegma stain 
is, but as hard as that is, you'll never have me. Like these lines are amazing. Yeah, that's I, I mean that's why I love this so much. They're like, how can we make this peewee and horrible? And it's so good. So I was curious about how you guys would take to that scene because yeah, he is um, super dismissive. She's a sex worker, and he's just calling her a whore and you know debasing her. Though he is also saying that the thought of Crazy Larry smegma stains was enticing to him. So it wasn't completely debasing. But it's in character. Yeah, yeah. it's in character. Okay. We're obviously, we're pro-sex worker. We're very, you know, don't be sex shamey. But also, you know, don't worry. There's more to the story. Like, yeah, true. It wasn't the ethic of the film. We that... don't want to blow the plot. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right. at first, like I'm watching this going, it's a, you know, porno in which they're being shamey towards a sex, towards a whore. They're anti-whore in a porn. What? <laughs> but, you know, don't worry. It gets worked out. Bear with us. Yeah, yeah. I do have one question, though. So he said, with all the butt plugs you wear, you'll need an adult diaper. Is this a thing? Maybe she'll just need a bigger butt plug and she won't need a diaper. I don't know. I mean, now I'm concerned. Well, because he paused after saying it, right? Didn't he pause and he said, like, you will. Like, he really (laughs) hit home that point. The line goes, you know, it's like, one day you're going to need them. You will. You Mm -hmm. really will. Like, he, he leaned into that. And I'm like... Is that like a warning for people who get way too into butt <laughs> stuff or is he fucking with the, like, I need, look, I'm not saying I'm too into butt stuff. I'm saying I'm enough into it that I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. And I'm sure our audience members, perverts that you are, and I love you, you may have concerns too. And I'm looking out for you. I guess proctologists write in. Anybody who knows about what could happen to your butt if you use butt plugs regularly, email us info at twogirlsonmike.com. We need to know. We're concerned for your ass, literally. We have Pee-wee. He goes outside and the car and Dolly are gone, but he's more concerned about Dolly than the car because, I guess. What? I mean, he, he does have feelings. How? Dolly! Dolly! That's approximately his scream. I'm not as good as it, but do what I can. And he does this perfect peewee collapse. Yes. Like, and that's one of the things that I was amazed with with Tommy through this. He gets the the way that peewee moves so well. The kind of peewee shimmy uh, collapse into himself was just, it was perfect. Yeah, it was a great fall. Very cool physical acting. But I thought it came a little too quickly. You know, he just sort of screamed, Dolly's gone, and then just falls down right away. Uh, none of the cool camera takes we get in the original film and the the laughing maniacal clown uh, with the broken chain. You know, it was such a, again, such a cool moment. And at this point, I felt they spent so much time at the top of the film nailing every detail. And now they're just going to, and they, I feel like they did, they're just going to kind of zoom through the rest of this here. Now we want to know what was left on the cutting room floor. Because maybe they yeah, had that point. and they were like, you know, this is running two hours. Yeah. Because it was the whole movie plus a bunch of sex scenes. Yeah. So yeah, it does pad it out quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> and we see then Lizzie applying Issa Peewee's head, uh, trying to figure out, you know, who could have wanted to potentially steal her. We land in the basement of Francis and his father. Yes. Played by Evan and Tom Byron. And they decide to, as, you know, a birthday celebration would, you would fuck with your dad, you know, someone you hire. Oh, yeah, because Francis is totally a normal human who has sex with his father and, and a woman named Urethra. Right. 
who just thinks white people are crazy. You know, she's not wrong. <laughs> she says that multiple times. Yeah. Just a nice little take to the camera. <laughs> just look straight at it. White people are crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. given what's happening around her with the white people, she is. Yeah. She's she's right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. in this porniverse, do you think Urethra is her birth name or her chosen name as I'm going to go with in this universe she was named Urethra <laughs> in this universe I, I want to know though did she choose that for herself did she say no from this day forward my name is Urethra do you think she was born with that first name and she got rid of it like Madonna style or hmm. that she was born like <laughs> Megan and she's like fuck Megan I'm Urethra well isn't Megan a short version of Urethra so Not it's just a true. Yeah. She wa- she wanted to go with the Latin. Yeah, I'll ask Megan McCain next time I see her. All you blondes get together, right? We all look alike. Here's if you want to dig really deep. So earlier in the film, Pee Wee says to Francis, he says, "Hey, I'll let you come over and play with urethra." You know, in that first scene where they're talking back and forth, and he's trying to get Dolly. So is urethra a doll? Oh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. No, I don't think so. No. All right. Dolls generally don't have social opinions about white people being crazy. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good do- point. Dolly didn't have a lot of um, independent opinions on, on okay. the world. Good point. I love that we're getting deep into deep. the psychology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you are a doll listening to us who has social economic <laughs> opinions about the world and the culture around you, I guess email us if you can. Oh my god. <laughs> if you can pass the Turing test, prove it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. This is where I've gotten is... sex with robots and now we're on the Turing test. I w- t- go email me and show me that you can beat me at chess online, robot. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be easy. I suck at chess. It's fine. All right. This scene, we have Tom Byron and Evan Stone in matching jumpsuits. Again, father-son. And again, another nod to the movie. Very, very good costuming. It's still uh, the father-son and their friend, Urethra. It's just, it's not not weird. And I mean, I get it. It's Pee-wee's Playhouse, but it's still, it's a, I mean, we were just watching Fap to the Future and they said (laughs) incest is not okay. And I get it. They're not putting their penises into each other, but there are two people who are related having, they're involved in a seed together. And I'm, I'm weirded out, even though it's acting. Okay. If I can segue into other porn trends. Again, because uh, I read so much about it. We appreciate this in our guests. So much literature. There's this real trend toward incest porn these days. That seems to be this is true. very popular. So I know this isn't the same thing. Well, I guess it kind of is. This was, I haven't seen it much father-son porn. Uh, <laughs> Shockingly. A lot of the, the mainstream stuff is more like step-brother, sister-mother, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But it's like... This is a father and son both banging a woman at the same time. Yeah. And that's that's like outside of what shows up on like the main scrawl on like Pornhub most of the time. Can I make a scholarly uh, suggestion? Yes. I think the reason it's so popular now is because most people are watching these with the volume off. But what those always provide is some visual cue to story. There's some level of seduction that precedes the act. And I think that is exciting for people to watch. It has nothing to do with people being interested in their sisters or their stepmothers or anything like that. It is more to do with 
just by nature of those roles, you have to have a story. Mm. You have to tell a story to move from talking to having sex and that that's exciting. You know what? That is a really good observation because Thank occasionally, you. like, it's come up when I've been watching it with my husband and we've watched a few of those. And, like, it is not the step-sibling thing that I'm like, yeah, let's watch some step-sibling porn. But, like, there's always a kind of fun, weird thing that happens to get it going. And, like, back of your head, you're like, there's this is weird. But then, you know, banging starts and you get over it. Yeah. My favorite is that um, friend of the show and uh, past guest of the show, Kate Kennedy, we were out drinking and she was telling me that, oh, yeah, you know those narration voices where the women and say, oh, yeah, he was my mom's trainer. And then she was out of town. She said that a lot of times that sometimes the woman who's playing the role can't necessarily do a good voiceover. So she'll just step in and then record a crap ton of them. And I love that because that means there's voiceover in porn. And someone's doing it, and that someone is Kate. And Kate, we love you for that. Kate Kennedy is providing the prelude to the banging and the banging. (laughs) This is and the prelude is as important, if not more important. At least in my experience, you know, everyone ingests this differently, right? Oh yeah, you need to know where the tension is coming from before the story can commence. I mean, I know it's visuals; it's a visual storytelling medium, but at the same time, we can take some literary exposition as well. Like I said, we get into a theory in this podcast. I will not back down from this. No, I don't think any of this applies to Francis and his dad jumpsuit fucking their (laughs) (laughs) their friend, the urethra. What? No, but uh, it was, you know, the segue took us there, I guess. (laughs) I like where it went. It was a good journey (laughs) into the land of father-son banging as happy birthday bonding time. Yeah. It was his birthday, so he banged a... Was she a call girl or was she their maid? I'm not sure what the relationship was with Urethra. Well, she was dressed in a maid costume, uh, very similar oh. to the butler in the actual film. Okay. Uh, but she was there to, uh, and I quote, to buff up our penises yeah. for the birthday whores li- right. coming later so today. So she was not the main attraction. She was just prep. No. She okay. was the service pussy. <laughs> It's kind of like a shoe buff and shine, only yeah. for one's penis. And that makes the father-son thing totally cool then. I, I was yeah. just misreading it the first time. I, th- I thought they were sharing you a know, prostitute. but She is accurate. White, white boys be crazy. <laughs> that is the accuratest thing in that scene. <laughs> Words to live by. Accuratest. Honestly, you know what? Better than Deepak Chopra. With all our hatred towards white men, we are sitting here talking with one on the show and we are each in a relationship with one. So yeah. obviously, you know, we make exceptions once in a while. I never take that personally. I think white men who take exception to all of the white men hate going on right now are not very self-aware. That's silly. So going back to the porn, cue the next scene where Tommy is sitting in the darkness, rewinding his steps as Pee-wee. You know, I went there and then you were there, and I came out, and you weren't there. And it was great, because that's very Pee-wee-esque. Yep. Lizzie rings the doorbell, shows up, he's disgusted and frustrated. She clearly wants to bone him. So we already know what Lizzie's prerogative is in this film. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, it's a heightened version of Dottie in the original film, where she was so interested in a relationship of sorts with Pee-wee, and he just wasn't having it. He couldn't see through his own lust for a... Uh, a non-human object to, to see what was right in front of him, you know? 
That's good. Just needed to <laughs> get so over true. the thing he liked to ride that much. That's right. That's right. The metaphor is there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> so cue smoke machine, and we see Pee Wee coming out in front of a truck with a hobo bag on a stick. He gets in with the classic Large Marge in a big 16-wheeler truck, and Large Marge is played by... No one else but Evan Stone. <laughs> Which was, I mean, like at this point, I'm like, holy shit, he's playing everyone in this, isn't he? It's, <laughs> it wasn't just one joke. It was, we're going all in. I was waiting to find out that Evan Stone and Tommy Pistol finally consummated the relationship. <laughs> like, and I was, frankly, gentlemen, I was a little disappointed. I think every other actor was like, no, guys, this is crossing a line. I will not go so far as to besmirch Pee Wee Herman. So it was just the one guy who was game for all these extra roles. <laughs> I could see either that or it was just like, no, God, I need to do what this, this has been a, a dream of mine. That's I want to play all of them. That's more like, Or it's just they had three days. <laughs> this is all the time they had in which to get the shooting done. And Evan was the only one available. <laughs> and then we go into the next scene where Pee Wee is dropped off at a biker gang bar. Oh, my God. And we see... The bikers first gang banging, and Pee Wee walks in before Big John gets to come, which is like the highest order of disrespect, I would assume, at least. An act punishable by death, at least, right? Yeah, like he he walked in and he interrupted the coming of Big John. And I mean, I was impressed. They had a, a legit gangbang within a parody port, and that's not that is not often a thing that happens. No. We do not get a lot of the, you know, one woman, a zillion. Yeah, that was, they went there. Here's the amazing part. So there's a classic scene where Pee Wee is pushed up against the pool table and they're all saying like what they're going to do to him. You know, are they going to hang him? Are they going to kill him? Are they going to rape him, et cetera? What I love is Big John went from naked to not naked (laughs) in a millisecond. It's porn magic, or specifically porn with the plot magic. All of a sudden, clothes back on. But somehow getting clothes off, that's an arduous process that occasionally leaves your socks on in the middle of sex. (laughs) And, of course... Pee-wee does his famous dance. And I feel like Tommy did a good job, even though, I mean, what was up with the song? I feel like they just didn't get the rights to it. Well, I'm sure they didn't get the rights to it. No, I liked their, they had like substitute tequila music followed by them, you know, toasting with tequila at the end. It's like, hey, this has a kind of upbeat, beachy sound. We can pretend this is, and you can tell the whole time that they're going for that. And I, I was surprised they went for it at the end with toasting tequila. I'm like... They skated around that. They did what they could to not get their asses sued. As if somehow everything else they'd done up to that point was (laughs) scot-free, you know. (laughs) No rights issues at all. It's tiptoeing on that fence, you know. Yeah, they seem very aware of exactly where that line is and (laughs) when they go over. The most expensive thing for all of us has to be the lawyer. Yeah. Uh, Side note, too. Tequila was actually the first song to ever win a Grammy for best R&B single. What? No. Yeah. That's what R&B was when Tequila <laughs> came Tequila? Out. Yeah. I don't even know how I'd classify that now. Yeah. I need to know. Somewhere between the chicken dance and the cha-cha. <laughs> that is a very wide range. That includes the Spice Girls and uh, Moby. You know, that's a huge area. (laughs) All classic hits you would play at a wedding or funeral, I guess. You know, depending on who's getting married, same. (laughs) Look, I've been to some weddings. I'm just saying. Actually, not a bad idea. If you played a chicken dance and or tequila at your funeral, 
Email us. Email them. Specifically, if you're the dead person, email us. We will find that very impressive. At your funeral, if you die before me, and this is uh, something you'd best do for mine too. Number one, I'm reading off uh, your porn history from your computer. But number two, I'm also playing my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crack for when they lower you into the earth so that everyone knows the best parts of you that are going away. (laughs) It's because I love you. Thank you. And- Frankly, I would be ashamed if you didn't not only read off my porn browser history, but if you didn't play screen caps of the best scenes that I loved, like right after the eulogy, right after. Fap to the Future is going to be up there and big, you know, the, they got to know about the fuck's capacitor before you go, baby. Oh, yeah. Boy, this is what I'm missing in my life is having a friend like you guys have this friendship. That's There's no one who can do that at my funeral. That's that's really sad. <laughs> Alice and I drive each other nuts. We're but because we, we are the only two people who can put up with each other's elder strength crazy, we are locked Fair enough. Uh, in this it's for eternity because <laughs> there's no one else who can put up with this ultra strength cray and vice versa. <laughs> so Yvette's pussy mold will be in her hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about this ASMR, baby? I'm doing a pussy mold with Clona Willie. They're going to give me the means by which I can make a pocket pussy out of my own lady parts. It's going to be so nice. And then Pee-wee can play with it. <laughs> ah, it's a pocket pussy. Sorry. Did you say with Molda Willie? Yeah, with Clona Willie. <laughs> Clona they're, Willie. They're, yeah, they're sending a. It's because we already did. We're doing clone a pussy. Got it. Their next okay. edition. Yeah, their next thing is you can actually make a pocket pussy or a uh, not a pocket pussy. Sorry, a. Uh, yeah, no, it is a pocket, pocket pussy because yeah. the first one was just a mold of the outside. Yeah. Now it's outside and inside. Wow. Fleshlight's the word I was looking for. Fleshlight, not pocket okay. pussy. You can actually make a fleshlight out of your part. So they're sending that to us, and we're we're doing that, and we're really excited about it. Men, if you ever want to know what it feels like to fuck a demogorgon. You're welcome. <laughs> a demigo oh my. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're having we've been having some fun with putting our genitalia into silicon molds to test out some products for you. You know. Fridge quote for for them, obviously. <laughs> so going back to the porn, we see Pee Wee and Big John. You know, obviously, once Pee-wee dances and, you know, gets everybody in a good spirit, why kill him? So they do shots together. Oh, yeah. Big John is going to hook him up with a guy who could take him to California because Pee-wee is about to get a blowjob from a gal and then he throws her away. He literally, like, so she's about to go down and then he shoves her head basically into the ground because he sees a poster with Dolly on it. And I love that scene. As one does when they're about to, you know, get some knob polishing is throw away because of a poster that will clearly be gone instantly. The poster <laughs> will no longer be there when when the <laughs> semen is emptied from your ball sack. Oh, that's a good point. You're right. He could have waited oh. and then gone. to Okay. But he's peewee and he does not think rationally. He's just thinking Dolly. Well, my reasoning was with him. I was like, this was the right thing to do. And then, but now as you explain it, I can see the flaw in it. So, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, here's here's the thing: is Pee Wee a one woman man? At or... this point, he is. Yeah. So that could be why he mm. just was like he, he maybe thought Dolly was gone forever. Mm. He maybe was. Well, I think what he was about to receive would have paled in comparison to a reunion with this sweet, sweet Dolly. Oh, so there we uh, go. You know, so you it forget was... this is a romance above all. Oh, so. man, loves plastic. <laughs> 
Yes. But Big John, of course, recommends a guy who could take Pee Wee to Hollywood. He happens to be a convict, just like a th- classic throwback to the film. Uh, yeah. And apparently we find out from the convict, it's illegal in Arizona to walk around with a boner in your pants. I looked it up. Not a thing. At least not there. Yet. Yet. I mean, who knows? <laughs> One day. Like, with the way the abortion laws are going, maybe anything that makes babies could be against the law one day. I don't know. You know, I'm... Mm. Could a boner become illegal in public? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't you guys remember who makes laws? Come on. Oh, this you is... Mean, yeah. In- what are you talking indeed. about? <laughs> in- indeed, you win on this point, sir. Yeah. No man's going to sign off on... <laughs> Something like that. You know what? Public urination is illegal in some states. In Ken, it is rare, but it, it has landed people on the sex offender registry. It has. So I don't think that just a boner that is contained within your pants is the thing that will, you know, get someone in trouble. But yeah, indecent exposure would. And at what point does pants, is pants not enough? I mean, I've seen some sweatpants in my life that have been disturbing. And it's really unfortunate that peeing in public could land someone on the sex offender registry list because, I mean, what does it take to get off it is the question. Time? Is it? I think some states you just you just don't get off of it. I think the fact that we have a registry is a good thing, but I also think that the things that can land somebody onto it are in some cases too strict of a definition and don't necessarily help to keep a community safe. Yeah, true. And it also can really ruin a guy's life. Even if he's committed a sex crime, I think just putting him on there sometimes is a real disservice to him. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I was about to say, hold the fuck on. But it's like, you know, if someone's had indecent exposure because they were peeing in public, like, I don't want that guy's life ruined. He had the fucking pee. Like, who hasn't? I've seen a lot of women peeing in public as well. Oh, yeah. I go camping. So that's just a thing you have to do to live. Like, and even then, so, I mean, if hypothetically, you know, you meet up with an escort and you both choose to have consensual sex and that lands you on a sex offender registry list, I don't think that's fair because you're two adults. Making yeah. a transaction. Yeah. I don't know if that's the thing that can land you on a registry in a state where it's illegal or not. But I mean, either way. Well, even two 16-year-olds, they'll get put on a list. You know, I guess they can't, that legally isn't consent at that age. But uh, depends on the state. Okay. What can happen is they can be charged with possession of child pornography for Got taking it. pictures and sending pictures of their own bodies. So if you're underage, and I mean, I'm sorry, but teenagers are having sex. That's just, I know, shocking. Uh, But, you know, statistics, people lose their virginity around somewhere between 15 and 17 on average. And, you know, they're having sex. You can, you know, sex is a thing that's going to happen. Just kids, please don't take pictures and send them to your your significant others. So question, does that mean with the new laws coming into different states like Alabama and Georgia, etc. Does that mean now that ultrasounds are considered child pornography if we're Ooh. recognizing them as actual people? You know what? Good I'm, question. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm going to uh, go with, yeah. I think if you masturbate to the ultrasound, then it becomes child pornography. But if you don't... Let's ask Roy Moore for a consult then. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Just That's the thing that happens. So let's... Oh, Alabama, you and progressive will never be in the same sentence. <laughs> Not even for the auto insurance company. Oh. <laughs> they're just, they're so bad. Like, I feel like they're finding new ways to be horrible. Oh my God. Sorry, this is not, this is not what we were planning on talking about. It's just that this has been a, <laughs> it's been a week, motherfuckers. Hey, it's going on, right? It's, it's the now. It's a thing that's you happening. You gotta talk and about it. If you're listening to this and you're pro-life and this is bothering you, too fucking bad.
And I think a podcast about the uh, porn parody of Pee-wee's Big Adventure is where people are going to turn to have these conversations. So it's important to really get it out there. I love you for saying that. <laughs> that was the best thing someone could have said. All moment. right. So, so if we're going to talk about violating women, I feel like the next scene is perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, perfect little horrifying segue. So in the classic, Pee-wee... And the criminal are pulled over by a cop. And, of course, to evade this cop, Huey has an idea, which is to cross-dress as a woman and, you know, dress the guy up with some sort of a beard so that way he's unrecognizable. In this, it's slightly different because the cop asks Pee-wee, you know, dressed, uh, you know, from head to toe, to come out and turn around. He gets very gropey. Yeah, turn around. But he pushes Pee-wee up against the car as a woman and gropes her. Now, uh, Yvette, have you ever been uh, groped by a service person? Uh, I've been fortunate enough not to. Um, but, like, I looked at the scene and I'm like, I'm like, oh, God, I should warn anyone who's trans to, like, maybe not watch this because this looks looks like something that could make you go, ah, like I'm looking at this going, this is not how this interaction ends for a lot of people who are uh, gender non-binary or whatnot. So I look at this and go, it's making li-. like, I know it's a joke. I know like what it's, the point it's of it is. It's just a throwback to the original. Yeah. Though. And it's like, it's funny because like the things that we wouldn't be able to get away with now, like, do you guys remember the movie Ladybugs? Oh, no. um, little soccer players. Yes, Jonathan yeah. Brandis dressed as a girl to play mm-hmm. on the girls' soccer yes. team, and it's one of those things they would not allow. Like that's not a movie that would get made now, and I'm not or like Soul Man. Yeah, it's like I'm not trying to make a value judgment on the movie. Like it's just it it's a thing that was fine now. It's a thing that, you know, like we have different values now and that's uh, you know, we move on, we change, we evolve. And I'm looking at this going, I get it that it was a throwback to a thing from the nineties, but yikes, like the moment where he reached into and he's treating in this scene the cop were kind of suspending disbelief and letting it be believed that the cop is treating Pee-wee as though Pee-wee is a, is a woman, not a man in a costume and then he reaches between peewee's legs and grabs his balls and says well go ahead on your way ma'am and that's not how that scene would end for a lot of trans women and that's i think important to point out uh because i i get it that this was a comedy i get it that this is a joke and i get it that this is a throwback to a time when we um when this was not an issue, we had so much awareness on. Them. But again, it's one of those little elephants. We gotta, we gotta poke out of the, out of the room. Maybe this should serve as a template for how these situations should end. Maybe they should show the scene as is to servicemen and say, and when you reach down and feel uh, testicles, politely uh, leave <laughs> the person on and yes. tell them to have a nice day. This is how <sighs> this this would be a nice thing of you to do if you meet someone who you're not sure of their gender. Don't be yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's weird. It's a cross between do and don't do because you see the policeman grope Pee-wee in an inappropriate fashion, but you have to give him credit for just letting Pee-wee go and not escalating in the situation. So he's only moderately uh, horrible. Like it's and it only moderately traumatizes Pee-wee. Well, yeah. But it also sends the message that this would have been totally okay to do to a woman and to continue. Whereas with a man, no, you let him go on his way. So. Right. And I mean, the other interesting thing is, like I said, because he was treating Pee-wee, it was presented as though Pee-wee was a woman in this right. officer's mind. It gives the impression that yeah they just totally let a trans like that a trans woman is a man in a dress which is also again it's 2019 we're going to use the word problematic 
I get it. It's poor and it's transgressive. Let's. We had to address the elephant in the room uh, so that you know, because I don't want to get letters. Sounds like you do. You keep giving your email address out. Eh? <laughs> There are letters we want and there are letters that we want to avoid. Well, regardless, uh, Pee-wee says, well, now I know how Lizzie feels, a filthy, disgusting whore, but she's my friend, maybe my best friend. Some friend, (laughs) Pee-wee. I mean, yay. Well, this is that moment of awakening, you know, that made the first movie where Pee-wee opens his eyes to the love and support he's getting from all these people who care about him and finally realizes maybe I should give a little something back. So it's nice that they honored that transition in the film, you know, in a weird way. I don't know. I'm trying to sound smart. This was a crazy fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's pretty much our opinion on most of these. We're sitting here going, let's just, it's it's like trying to, it's like taking Tinkerbell and like hitting her to get the pixie dust out. That's what we're doing here. We're like, let's get all the comedy out of it. (laughs) And then we go to, so we're like now, 90% through with the movie because now where we are is we're finally in California. We see a few guys basically lined up trying to go through the lines of a script for a porn that they were going to audition for. What I love is they were able to get Ron Jeremy in that group. Yeah. And they're going through a script. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, but here's a pearl necklace you're never going to forget. Uh, 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 sploot. Oh, Oh, this is some great writing. And then, of course, Evan Stone comes out because he is the director for this thing. Uh, And he's saying to the three men in line, and it's the third one that he says to is Ron, don't like your look, don't like your look. And then to Ron, don't even like looking your way. (laughs) And the last person in line is Pee Wee dressed with like, he has this insane fake mustache on. And even better, he has this chest toupee. (laughs) And it's... Imagine the hairiest 70s person you've ever imagined. <laughs> Think like, that. Remember the chest toupee for Austin Powers? Think that only faker and furrier. It was impressive. They took that thing off a bear and just onto Tommy's chest. It was a work of art. And anyways, they're walking onto this porn set and it's just, this was delightful. The interaction between the two of them, the chemistry is something else. Because you have Evan Stone who introduces himself as Charcoal snorkelfish. Did I did I get I th- that right? I thought it was Ron snorkelfish, and I probably got it wrong. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, it was one of those. All I know is snorkelfish, which is that's just a great fucking name. Well and done. then Pee Wee is Big Wee because gargantuan Wee was, was taken. <laughs> oh. That, and of course, he's like Evan is yelling onto the porn set because, you know, there's porn happening. That dick ain't sucking itself. Shove it in her ass. <laughs> Suck that cock, baby. Suck that cock. How'd you? And, it's, and he's going back and forth with a conversation with Pee Wee while he's just, you know, yelling directions out onto the porn set. Like, how accurate is that? I want to know, like, if people are, like, I. I highly doubt it, but I feel like this is what people picture when they picture a porn set, just, you know, people chattering and whatnot, and just randomly be like, into her ass! Deeper! I don't care if it hurts! Spit! We don't have lit Spit! Spit! It'll get in the way of the camera if I hand you lube! Like, that's- uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this was a great parody of what we all imagine is going on, and there it's their wink to each other, you know, because I'm sure it's far more boring. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So Evan, so uh, Charcoal Snorkelfish takes <laughs> Big Wee to the porn set, which is a dollhouse. And this, this looks like a big giant poop house. <laughs> it's 
Peter's response. You and I are going to reinvent porn. But first, you need to drop those trousers and let me see your schlong. I'm not <laughs> dropping anything till I see Dolly. I love your peewee voice. It's so good. It's one of few voices you don't yell at me for doing. <laughs> I approve. It's it's not Elmo. It's And I think this is as creepy as Elmo. And don't worry. No, it's it's better. That doesn't mean when, you know, if you and I ever will, they won't look, say. If we ever will. Look, you. You look. You like dolls. I like dolls a lot. Sorry, I think that's the other one's lines. <laughs> um, but the point is, uh, Dolly is rolled in on a chair and by none other than Don, 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 Don. Lizzie. Lizzie. <gasps> Lizzie, what are you doing here? Pee-wee. Lizzie, you stole Dolly. That delivery, though. That delivery of you stole Dolly and the shock and awe and awareness that goes through Pee-wee's mind, yeah. that was acting. All of it just hit him at once that oh, this wasn't in, this was, what, what, but why? It was beautiful. So we see then Pee-wee, he steals Dolly and he, just like in the original where he steals a bike and he runs away with it, here it's slightly different because he's being chased by um, Evan Stone and you see this amazing uh, chase where he's uh, using like a double-ended dildo from a different set where a woman is screwing herself with it as a combat tool and then getting himself involved with a three-way and then getting a plant involved. (laughs) I mean... It's just running from set to set and you see him interrupting porn sets as he goes. And the people in the porn sets are just kind of, you know, doing their thing. People running through. It's like watching a cartoon where the coyote is running through a different cartoon. Yeah, and this must be how it's set up, you know, just adjacent porn sets next to each other, uh, all filming at the same time from nine to five. You know, I have been in the armory before, uh, up where they filmed Kick.com, and not entirely inaccurate. It's just not quite, wow. you know, like there are walls and separate rooms. So it's not like, you know, you can just run straight one past the other. It's <laughs> stage not, one, it is, stage it's two. It's not quite a Wes Anderson movie is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> so they have walls in this universe. Well, we're going to break down some walls in the next scene. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Let's break down those walls. Let's get It's there. more psychological walls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do this. Obviously, up until now, everybody has seen Dolly as a doll. I think it's time for Pee-wee to recognize Dolly that she's a doll. And uh, that that's basically what we have is we have a scene where Pee-wee finally acknowledges that Dolly is a doll. But my favorite, though, is the delivery, though, that we have from Aiden Star, where she says, Pee-wee, you need a girl who can cook for you, clean for you, a girl whose vagina you don't have to wash out with baking soda after you come. <laughs> Unless she's into that, of course. Uh, if you are into washing out your vagina with water and baking soda, don't. That's all I have to say. Don't. You know, maybe if that's a thing you like doing, maybe a real doll is for you. You can't turn a human into a human volcano. You know, unless they have like one of those, like if you have like a thing you can put into the vagina to completely keep the vagina dry out of it. Maybe indeed you could make a pussy volcano. I mean, Dude, after I saw someone put cereal in it, I, I don't know. I mean, we did see someone drinking Coke again. Like I'm... After the shit we've seen in Night Dreams and uh, Deep Throat, I've been a little traumatized. <laughs> like, my brain has been it's been melted in terms of what I see that people can be turned on by. If you were a porn star considering putting baking soda and vinegar <laughs> into your <laughs> Don't. 
god! And if you do, please at least film that because I want to see what happens before you go to the hospital. Yeah. What about like Diet Coke and Mentos? Has anyone ever no. done that? No, no. Oh, so. You know what? Uh, so wait, uh, I want to see that. So I do know <laughs> somebody. Who do I get pay? I do know somebody who put uh, Diet Coke into their mouth and then dropped Mentos in to see how it would work. And they said it got very fizzy, but it wasn't quite the. That you expect. It's got to build up, you know? Yeah. Like the bottle works so well because of that shape of the container you're dropping it into. Yeah, oh. yeah. Huh. Now, question. If hypothetically you used a clamp, a medical clamp, and uh, maybe lined the vagina or, I mean, the inside of the uterus with plastic. Look, I'm not saying to take I'm- like a sandwich bag and put it in there, but if that's how it's going to work. I mean, I'm terrified and titillated at the same time, so it's obviously a great idea. All right, write to us if you try this. Don't do it. We're telling you don't do it, but do. Don't do this. Don't try this at home. I mean... But if you do... Tape it. <laughs> hashtag vagina volcano. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, we're, we're counting on you. This is your moment to shine for science. Finally. We're not telling anyone to do this except for Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> We are explicitly telling her to turn her vagina into volcano. I want to see it happen. You've told tons of women to shove rocks into their pussies. It's your turn to do some <laughs> fucked up shit with yours, okay? Hey, look, the science is still out on a lot of that stuff, though. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe a jade egg in the pussy can do something other than cost you $66 in your dignity. I don't know. <laughs> I support Gwyneth Paltrow's right to do whatever she wants with her pussy. Kill a baby with it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I just kind of want her to film at least half of them. <laughs> I want to see the pussy volcano. All right. You know what? It probably exists. Let's find it. Yeah. Google it. I Rule bet it's, 34. there's probably tons of hits there. Oh, my God. I just look just because I'm horrible. I just Googled it. Uh, baking soda and vinegar volcano vagina. I am not the first one to have Googled this. <gasps> nope. Oh, my God. Because uh, there's I think I beat you to it by about 30 uh, seconds. So maybe that's well, my somebody. <laughs> there's a thing. Of course, this is going to be a, a fucking dumpster fire. So I'm not clicking on it now. I'll get to it later. On Google Analytics, we see a spike when our episode comes oh out. Oh, God. Because searches for on, this on Yahoo answers there's what happens if i made a baking soda volcano in a woman's vagina this had to have been a man asking because it said in a woman's vagina i'm like no man would ask it that way this has to be bad amazing holy shit the guy's response later on is i did it it's amazing it didn't hurt her one bit but she said it felt so good oh (sighs) dude no no oh my god I'm ter- Stop it. I'm so going to pay someone if this doesn't exist. It's, I, I need video. Why do I want video of something so hard? You know what? People watch Two Girls, One Cup, and I never did. I just want to see a fucking volcano and a pussy. Oh, my God. <gasps> to hell we're going. So, <laughs> at the very so- end, Pee Wee is tired of running. <laughs> He's tired of being a loader, a rebel, and he wants to settle down with a real woman. So, finally... He and Lizzie get together and Horkle Snorkelfish wants to tell Pee-wee's story and have people masturbate to it because as you would with any good Hollywood film. And the final scene is the sex scene between Pee-wee and Lizzie, obviously. But okay, so I know some of you need to go to therapy for this. 
it's it's been it's been a ride. It's been an episode. This has been. Um, <laughs> I like to say, you know, my childhood ruined my childhood. Like, I didn't need... I see. You know what, though? It wasn't our childhood ruined. It was our childhood explained. It was all of the metaphor just pulled to the front, you know? This was what we were watching without even realizing it (laughs) as children. This just spelled it out for us, you know? This is all the stuff. Maybe that's why it cut so deep, yeah. This is all the stuff that they were actually, like, saying and doing behind the scenes before being like, okay, time to be child appropriate. Like, Yeah, for sure. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, if you've met more than zero comedians in your life, you know they are filthier backstage. So, Steve, question. Do you think you could pitch Mark Cuban on a review service of porn? <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, I mean, I pitched him on Stick Figure Cats. Uh, this is pretty much the same service. Those Stick Figure Cats are highly entertaining and they provide a sure. valuable service. You've made like, what, 20,000 of them at this point? Uh, 20,553, I think, to date. I love that you number all of them. That's It, ma- it yeah. makes them kind of collectibles. It makes it terrifying. I write these really large numbers and I think, how much time have I spent doing this? But they're so cute. They're cool. I dig it. It's a fun thing to do on the train and... uh People ask what I'm doing. And sometimes people look over my shoulder expecting to see like a real quality illustration. <laughs> they think, oh, no, it's just a grown man drawing like a kindergartner. <laughs> so they don't know how to handle but it. But there's a wonderful <laughs> consistency to the cats. Oh, sure. And I think that's what uh, that's the beauty of it is like there is a these quote, simple drawings are stylized and they're they're Every single one you can tell, oh, it's from Steve Gadlin, the cat drawing guy. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to the porn parody of my story. <sighs> Uh, just to see oh how God. all the layers are peeled back. It's, you're going to be uh, on stage going, I want to draw a porn for you. Like, exactly. that's going to be the pitch. <laughs> so, actually, Andy Dick's PR guy reached out to me a long time ago. He wanted Andy Dick to start, I want to draw a dick for you. Like, a period dick. Uh, where he would draw penises for people. And then they sort of strung me along for a while and disappeared on me. So I have uh, tales. Well, if you're Andy Dick's PR in person. Listening to this. Yeah. Look, if you're Andy Dick's yeah. PR people. <laughs> how did you find this podcast? Why haven't yeah. you reached out yet? I mean, Dick's were reviewing porn. Wait, hello. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying every single one of my friends has run into Andy Dix at the same fucking bar in West Hollywood. Like he's not hard to find. Like I'm pretty sure we could just walk up to him, bring the microphone, and be like, so Andy, talk to us about all the people whose faces you've licked tonight. <laughs> Sorry, that was that oh, supposed man. to be a secret that everyone in LA knows about? Because it's it's not. No, it's I'm in Chicago and I know about it. Yeah, like it's <laughs> every roommate I've ever had at this point in this area has had an Andy Dick story. Just oh, that's great. you go out for a night of drinking in LA, Andy Dick licks you. I believe it. Sorry <laughs> if I just added to your PR problems, Andy Dick's PR guy. I'm just I'm just saying. This is but you know what? You could fix them all by coming on this show. Yeah, come on the show and, exp- and talk about the face-looking problems. We'll help you through it. We're here for you. We understand times are tough. Hollywood is hard. I live here. You know what? At least he's not Ron Jeremy and didn't, like, suck on my neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Steve, Ron Jeremy sucked on my neck, didn't ask him to. It just just happened. It, uh, wow. It oh, yeah. Cross between felt like the greatest neck-sucking I've ever had felt like it was done by my grandma. Wow. So how did, what was the context of it? Did did he know that you knew who he was? 
I think Ron Jeremy thinks everyone knows who he is, which okay. safe assumption. I was at a porn conference a couple of years back, way pre-podcast a couple of years back. Yeah. So Ron Jeremy was really excited and uh, that happened. Well, what were you wearing though? How were you dressed? Oh, I, gosh, I was, I mean. <laughs> was your neck bare? Wait a minute. <laughs> because if it was, I really think this is your fault, not his. It's, uh... I, I think I may have actually had a scarf. <laughs> Oh, oh my! Wow, he was uh, he was going for it. Yeah, I gotta go back, but I'm like sixty percent sure I had a scarf. All right, it's like a guy who can unhook a bra strap, and you don't even think his hands were back there. Like it's yeah. Ron Jeremy; he just knows how to how to finagle. Like that's why he's a man who can literally suck his own dick. I think he's he was built for this. Oh my God. So we have some amazing patrons to thank who are going to get so much more extra content, including my weird sex injury that I had. Uh, so these patrons that we want to thank include McAngus, Falco High, Frank, Torja Bourjorn, Logan Waterman, Megan Hall, Rowdy, Kyle Washington, Priest Pilot, and many more. So if you want to become a Patreon yourself, go to patreon.com slash twogirlsonemic or just go to twogirlsonemic.com. Go to the donate button and you could find us there. But uh, Steve, where can our fantastic fans find you and your amazing cat drawings? Thanks. Uh, so usually on Twitter at cat drawing guy or I want to draw a cat for you.com or any social media thing is cat drawing guy. And from there, you'll get a window into all the other stupid things I do, like sell raccoon penis bones. And we have to have you back on just to talk about the raccoon penis bones. Oh, uh, I'd come back anytime. You guys are so much fun to hang out with. Aww. We've loved you from across the internet for a while. So we were so cool happy beans. that you wanted to come on. <laughs> Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Cool. And Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Y'all can find me at the Cybabe on Twitters and Instagram and at Facebook.com slash Cybabe, where as usual, I am snarky and sciencey. And Alice, where can our listeners find you and the podcast information? They can find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter, but you guys can find us everywhere, really, at uh, twogirlsonemike.com, whichever way you spell it but you could find our twitters our instagrams uh, our facebook's either linked from our main website or from where we're hanging out on twitter i guess we'd love to hear from you seriously uh so we can't wait to hang out with you guys again but we will see you next week bye bye